powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. On a night where the Winnipeg Jets eke one out, they win 3-2 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I will be joined here tonight by my fantastic co-host, uh, which will be uh, uh, Brian Finlayson. He does a lot of writing for the uh, the hockey writers for the Winnipeg Jets as well as the Kraken, but we're not going to talk Kraken tonight, of course. Uh, and he's got his own podcast, Level Flight Podcast. Be- please be sure to check it out, especially if you are a Jets fan, uh, which I-, I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you're not. Um, but anyways, Brian, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. You know, definitely, you know, thriving on that win a little bit there at... Uh... You know, a, a couple of games where, you know, maybe they don't, uh, you know, you don't expect them to get those two points there, but, you know, it's ob- obviously great when you get them. So getting the, you know, the, the two points in a very difficult stretch there, uh, just, you know, you can't, can't, uh, can't get enough of that. For sure. I completely agree. And, I, and as you said, like, I, I'll be honest, I didn't expect uh, the Jets to get four points on this, uh, you know, the first two games of the road trip here in uh, in Florida. Uh, and I am going to use this as my segue to say, uh, want to bet? Because <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know that was how it was going to go. Um, but hey, you know, get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame live and player on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, there are resources in the description. Please consult those if you have any issues with that. Anyways, now that that's out of the way, we can talk about this. Uh, uh, you know, a game where I I, I really, I, you know, I, I don't think you could have asked any Jets fan uh, going into the third period up 3-2. Uh, what? Wh- what, where were you at going into that third period? What did you expect to happen? And uh, as the period went on, did you end up kind of slowly changing your mind on it uh, and thinking maybe the Jets can pull this one out? Honestly, yeah, the longer we got into the period without there being like a crazy, crazy push from Tampa, uh, I started actually thinking that they were doing a good enough job holding them uh, to maybe the the lesser chances and everything. And uh, really up until that last little bit there, especially once the goalie got pulled and things got a little bit, you know, insane there. And then there was those few little scrums in front of the net. But yeah, I, I found that sort of at the end of the second there when there was the, uh, you know, the five on three, the, but even after that, like the momentum didn't swing that much, but I was still overly concerned that they'd, you know, take some energy from that, go into the break and then, you, they'd come out and just start pummeling them with shots. And honestly, it felt uh, a little bit more balanced, um, a bit more than I had anticipated. And obviously that benefits the Jets. But no, I I really anticipated there to just be an insane push and, you know, them to get like 20 shots in the third or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was sitting there, you know, right with you. Um, but I think... I think one of the things that the Jets actually did well tonight, and this is one of those things that doesn't really show up on the, you know, the advanced stats metrics and this and that, but I think the Jets did pretty well at limiting like the danger of the types of shots that the the Lightning were having. Um, the Jets were good at keeping them to the outside, I found, and then even when they were, you know, obviously it's it's a Jets game. They're going to have a lot of, uh, you know, gaffes and, you know, opportunities where the, the Lightning are going to have some pretty clear shots, but... 
I think the Jets did really well at making the load, uh, you know, even though it was a, a significant amount of shots that the, that Connor Hellebuck faced, I thought that the the quality of the shots, uh, there weren't like a lot of like screen shots or anything like that. I felt like Connor Hellebuck had a good view on all of the goals, or not all the goals, sorry, all the shots, um, which significantly limited the uh, the goals here. And you know, speaking of Connor Hellebuck, uh, guy plays last night, faces what forty eight shots, uh, <laughs> and. You know, at this point in the season, it's not a, a crazy surprise to see, uh, you know, him playing back to back. Did you expect him to play back to back? And, uh, you know, obviously you have the benefit of hindsight. But what did you think of that decision? You know, maybe at the start of the game versus, you know, how it ended up going. Yeah, I was actually I'm, I was curious if he was going to because there's a, a, a sort of way that things go with him where if he's in the middle of you know, a bit of a struggle he always wants to kind of take things into his own hands and try and get himself out of that. So I had a feeling he was going to start just so he could really try and get himself back into that groove. Um, so when I got the notification that it was him, it didn't necessarily shock me. Uh, the, but the fact that he came out and played as well as he did, he was solid on everything he needed to stop uh, solid on the stuff that, you know, was getting through to him that maybe shouldn't have. So um, I think it's a matter of him trying to find his game again because he had a bit of a rough stretch over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, also it revealed a lot of cracks in the team as well with him not playing, you know, out of his mind every single night. Uh, but it shows when he does play out of his mind and he's back into his, you know, his groove, uh, he can quite literally, you know, swing a game in a team's favor. So uh, having him play on back to back nights and, you know, face 83 shots uh, and come out with, you know, four points, that's just, it says a lot about him when he's at his his best, right? So you're you're seeing what happens when he decides that you know I really I need to work on something here, and uh, I I want I actually do wonder if he went to uh, you know you know the, the staff and say let me have the second one here because I <laughs> I really I feel good uh, I you know I, I you know I don't feel too tired and you know I really want to you know help the guys out here. So it wouldn't shock me if he did that because he's very he doesn't like to you know, admit defeat and it wouldn't necessarily be that, but he definitely, I think he wanted to sort of say, no, I, I am the best. <laughs> Let me show you. <laughs> I want to play Vasilevsky and, and duel him out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I completely agree on, uh, you know, I, I think you hit it the nail right on the head. And I, I also would not be surprised if he went to, uh, to bones and the staff and said, you know, let me have this one. But I feel like he does that all the time anyways. Um, and I think it was the right decision. I mean, it, like, I, I just don't see the Jets winning this game if David Riddick is in net. You know, David Riddick hasn't been, per, you know, he hasn't been, uh, you know, bad per se, but he definitely is, you know, no Connor Hellebuck. And I think a very key point of this game was that five on three, where I think Hellebuck faced like seven shots on, on just that power play alone, I want to say. Um, and I, you know, he he is the team's best penalty killer. There's a reason why the Jets' penalty kill is so high, uh, so high in the league this year, and he is a big part of that for sure. So uh, I thought it was the right decision uh, as well. Um, moving on, obviously tonight the the Jets come in with a bit of a uh, a bruised lineup. Uh, no Josh Morrissey. Obviously, we knew there wouldn't be any Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts on how, uh, you know, Dylan Sandberg stepped back into the lineup, what you thought about, you know, the D pairings, they ended up going, 
uh, not putting like Stanley and Sandberg together and then moving Schmidt to with, you know, DeMello to kind of take Morrissey's spot. Um, yeah, I'd just love to hear what you thought about the D pairings as well as, you know, you can even touch on maybe Vlad Nemestikov up front, but, you know, I'll let you go wherever you want with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I've been a huge supporter of Dylan Sandberg, and there's a good reason for that. Like, he's just been absolutely, you know, lights out as such a solid defender at this point in his career. So seeing him come back in and then immediately get to play with someone like uh, Dylan DeMello, you you get to see him really, you know, he's earned that that chance, right? So um, he, I thought he looked really good. Uh, I thought that, um, honestly, the defensive group, for the most part, uh, I thought did fairly well at containing the the big guns from Tampa. Uh, didn't start off too well with the uh, the whole debacle at the beginning there with the the bad pinch and then, you know, Schmidt having to defend a two on one down low and then yeah, that whole thing was a bit of a <laughs> nightmare to start. But uh, from that point on, for the most part, I actually thought that the defensive group uh, with sort of how shaken up it was. Uh, it was, uh, I think they were solid enough is what they needed to be. They didn't have the support of Morrissey taking over uh, or anything, but they they let everyone else sort of do their jobs and they they held it together. And I know you mentioned Nemesnikov and uh, I think honestly, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the deal at the time. And I still think in the context of things, uh, it's still a little bit questionable, but in his short time here, I've been very impressed. I, I I liked what I've seen. Um, he you know puts up. Uh, he doesn't. He's not going to put up a lot of points. But I mean, he's he's done uh, a bit in the last few games here. He had you know three points yesterday. So uh, you see that you know Niederreiter. He has been a shot in the arm for this team. He's you know he's yeah. He's, <laughs> I I've always really liked him as a player. So mm -hmm. getting to see him in this group now and succeeding and you know being that guy who can you know, get you that goal when you need it. Uh, that's that's really, it's something that I've wanted for a long time. And then uh, to have him on the team now, it, it, it helps. So those guys contributing uh, is an absolute, you know, lifeline for the team because uh, bringing two guys in and maybe them going on a bit of a cold streak. And I know Nino has had a reputation of being very hot and cold at times. So him being hot right now is a really good thing. Uh, but having both of them putting up some points is great. And then for the, the rest of the forward group, it takes a little bit of a burden off of the, you know, the top guys there as well. Yeah. I, I, the one thing I'll say about Nino and Nemesnikov when they came in is that I feel like they've kind of given the jets uh, a, a new dynamic that they haven't really had in, in their, you know, especially in their top six right now. One of the most frustrating things throughout, you know, the, the really long skid that the jets had there was that, it almost felt like things weren't working, but then at the same time, you could kind of go, you know, when things aren't working, the Jets don't seem to be working hard. Like, like the one thing that at least Nino and, and Nemesnikov bring is that even if they're not going to be, you know, the hottest players, you know, even if they're not scoring, you know, they're battling in the in the corners, they're getting their puck battle wins, which I find some of the guys on the top end of the, the Jets lineup tend to not... Uh, not do as well. So at least they provide value in a different way. And I think that just having someone who can go into the corner, battle hard and, you know, get the puck and move it out front to somebody else is something that was kind of needed in that Jets top six. Um, and actually that kind of leads me to my next thought. Um, you know, as, as I said, this is, the Jets are a little bit bruised up right now. They don't have everyone, uh, you know, playing. Obviously, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is out, Cole Perfetti's out. 
who everyone, Adam Lowry's banged <laughs> up. Um, when the Jets, you know, supposedly get completely healthy, if 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 that ever were to come, how do you think that you would roll out those top six, that top six, uh, or at least the top nine? I think that we kind of have to discuss it as a top nine and then the top or the bottom you know, three is whoever, um, who do you think stays in your top six? Um, and this is, this is your, like, I'm asking your opinion. I'm not asking what you think ends up actually happening. Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on how that, that would shake out if you were coach. Yeah. Um, my thing, and it's been like this way for a while is I am a huge proponent of putting, uh, Connor Dubois and Ehlers back together. Um, just because they've been in the past, they've shown that they can do a lot. Another, I mean, essentially Connor Dubois and either Ehlers or Perfetti and at their, their full strength, if you have one of those two, both of those lines have shown a lot of, you know, promise, a lot of success. Um, and I actually, I noticed that a lot of some of the offensive struggles happen when those guys sort of moved around, whether it was through injury and stuff like that. Um, I think there's that. I think what you do is you run Shifley Niederreiter. And then I don't, exactly no. there's a few guys that you could try in that uh that, that one winger spot in the top six there where uh you might be able to get some more offense i personally think it's time to give uh you know blake wheeler a bit of a, a bump <laughs> down the lineup a little he just he's really he's been fighting it a lot especially since he came back from injury mm-hmm. um i think that having him on a line uh you know a little bit lower in the lineup that might have a different look to it might be better for what he can provide now but if you run like a either a Baron or an Amestikov with uh, you know Shifley and Niederreiter, you get a bit of a different look there. So and then when you would have you know a wealth of options for that you know bottom six essentially now because there, we have we've cornered the market on you know all defense <laughs> with a little bit of offense uh, wingers. So um, no, but I I truly think that the key to everything is finding those ideal lines which they seemed to have tapped into early enough in the season and then went away from uh and then it's keeping them together right because you don't want to uh, that was an, an issue uh, especially with the last coaching staff where you have something that maybe struggles for a few games and then you get away from it immediately just as they might be starting to show something stick with something for a little bit and if you're actually seeing something that says oh i should maybe keep this together keep it don't try and rush to conclusions i know obviously it's late in the season here but you know the best thing you can do is find the guys that actually seem to have some chemistry and then eventually something's going to work right Mm um i'm actually curious uh like obviously my bump wheeler down the lineup and keep perfetti in the top six has not always been the most agreed upon opinion uh, on the internet as which i'm you know it happens but uh, i'm curious to see what yours would look like yeah i i've always been a proponent of the uh you know play two guys who play well together and then give them a complimentary piece type of uh of thought um i do of course lick my lick my lips at the you know the opportunity of seeing uh ehlers uh, Dubois and Connor together because that li- that line was fantastic when they were together like they were great and then you know it didn't go great for one or two games and then it got broken up and we've never seen it again right um so I I'm not against that uh obviously my big thing is Blake Wheeler just can't be in this top six at all like that's <laughs> that's uh a non-starter for me um but what I think is is important is just getting the most you can get out of those top two lines and so what I think what I would probably end up doing is trying to find a way that you can, you know, Nick Ehlers has been a bit of an enigma this year. When he when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off. And, you know, I 
you know, we're both, you know, Jets Twitter guys, so we're always going to bang the drum for Ehlers. But I think it's also just about putting him uh, as well as the rest of the guys in the right situations. And I think, like, I've really liked Vlad Nemeskov so far with Ehlers. I think that they play well together. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, Vlad Nemeskov necessarily should be there, but uh, in a world where maybe Perfetti isn't back yet, I would I would certainly say that, uh, you know, if Dubois slots in uh, back into the lineup, I would probably do something with like, I don't know, maybe like a like Shifley, Nino. I feel like Shifley and Nino have to be together. Uh, I would probably do Shifley, Nino, and and Ehlers to start, and then I would probably run uh, Connor Dubois and then Nemesnikov maybe. Um, but uh, regardless, no matter what, I think you can you can mix that around and see you know what works. But uh, I I really like what what Nemestikov and Ehlers have done together. So either putting them together with uh, a centerman who can also do well. I I don't know if that's uh, you know Dubois or Shifley uh, because you know Dubois and Connor have worked together. It it really is a, it is just a puzzle you know uh, about just trying to figure out where those pieces fit. Um, but I can sure as hell say uh, Blake Wheeler is not a part of the top six. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think here. I mean. This was a really interesting game, um, and you know, going up against the Lightning, they are you know one of the best teams in the league, of course, and they have been for so long. And playing against them, obviously, my my brain goes to okay, how are the Jets going to fare in the playoffs? Um, you know, early on in the season, things were going great. Everyone was was banging the the Jets drum, saying that they're you know they're going to be one of the teams uh, to contend this year, and then things don't go as great. Uh, I'm curious where you sit right now as to, um, one, uh, will they make playoffs? Uh, two, uh, what do you think they can actually do? Do you think this this team can actually put something together and make some sort of run out of it? Uh, or are you a little bit less optimistic on this group? Well, I, firstly, I, I do think they're going to get in um, purely because it doesn't seem like Calgary can scrape together anything right now either. And I mean, Nashville's hanging around, but at some point, uh, all that weight on sorrows isn't going to, you know, work as well. And so essentially, it's a matter of don't beat yourself and hope that, you know, those teams don't miraculously somehow figure it out in the next you know little while. But once they actually get in, I think the issue for me is less so what they can do just based on their skill level alone. It's what they can do against the potential opponents. Like, I actually... Out of all of the potential first round dates they might have, I I think I'd feel best against Dallas, which is weird because they're mm -hmm. you know top of the division. I wouldn't feel comfortable against uh, Colorado for obvious reasons. I wouldn't feel comfortable <laughs> against Minnesota. Uh, it's a matter of the fact that they just haven't shown well against them, and they're at a full strength lineup. I I don't know if they can compete necessarily with you know a Colorado. That being said, they also have an all-world goalie who has shown the ability to steal games. So uh, I, I think that if things click in terms of, you know, whether it's injuries, same th with lines, if they can go into the, the playoffs on a bit of a run there with, you know, somehow the the offensive gears are clicking a little bit more and you're actually, you're, you're you know, you're getting the saves, you have a bit of momentum Maybe they managed to uh, win around uh, on the backs of, you know, Hellebuck and just things going right. It just it feels a little bit far fetched to think that they are on the same level as some of these other 
uh, these are these other teams that are coming in against them. Like even in the Pacific, like I'd worry about playing for obvious reasons again, McDavid and Drysidle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I know you said we're not talking Kraken, but I watch a lot of them. They worry <laughs> me purely because they can outscore all of their problems. Yeah. So teams that can do that, I they're a bit of a wild card for me. So you got that Vegas. Honestly, I still have no idea what to think of them because Jonathan Quick's come in there and won three straight games. So it's they're one of those teams that defies the you know expectation that they might regress. So uh, it's really a matter of if there is a bit more you know clarity on who was actually someone that the Jets could line up against. Well, I would feel more confident in saying, oh, yeah, they can win around. But I feel like it's very circumstantial. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, I find it very funny that you did mention that uh, you wouldn't want them playing Minnesota. Uh, originally, I was thinking that Minnesota would be the the team that I would want them to play just because I think they're not as good as the Stars. But, you know, as soon as you said it, my brain just went, yeah, I don't want them playing Minnesota because it feels like it feels like the Jets just can't just can't get it going to play against them. Maybe it's all the guys who are from Minnesota and they. You know, when they go back home, they don't feel as, uh, you know, it doesn't feel as necessary, uh, necessary to, uh, you know, try their asses off to get a win. <laughs> but, uh, you know, who who's to say, uh, you know, uh, not me for sure. Um, let's let's bring it back to to this game. Um, I was just curious if there were any players uh, specifically uh, that maybe we didn't necessarily chat about or anything sp- in specific that you wanted to maybe, you know, shine a light on anyone you wanted to talk about. Uh, was there any notable performances here tonight that we haven't really talked about too, too much? Uh, well, I mean, I've been on the Morgan Barron has more to give train for a while. And I think we're actually in the last few games, we've been really seeing a great effort and there's a bit more of the offensive sense. And I actually, uh, I thought he had a strong game tonight. Like, I mean, he uh, had the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the goal there uh, that was reviewed and then <laughs> it stood once again, I have no idea what and what isn't goalie interference. I didn't think it was. And I'm actually shocked that I was right, that I, <laughs> I properly predicted the call. Um, but no, I thought he had a very strong game. I thought he was sort of in and around the net all night. Uh, you know, he was very opportunistic when he actually scored. So I think it's also, he's put together a string of performances that I've been actually quite, you know, happy with. And there was a point there where it felt as if he was almost getting discouraged because he went a stretch there where he didn't really seem to be producing much. Uh, now last few games, I find that he's constantly in the mix offensively. And that might be because he's had some different line mates bit of a little shuffle around with, you know, Nemesnikov in there. Maybe he's the key that he just needed a different center than Adam Lowry because, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not necessarily a knock on Lowry to say he's not an offensive guy. Um, but I mean, Nemesnikov isn't the most offensive. He's just a different look, right? So mm-hmm. I, I did though. I, I, I definitely, I took note of Barron's performance and, um, you know, some guys in the, you know, the bottom six that, sort of n- don't necessarily have the light on them all the time, but uh, no, Baron was, was out there for me. For sure. I, uh, I'm glad you mentioned him cause he would have been my guy if he threw it back to me. Uh, yeah, he had, I think that he's been playing and especially over the course of, uh, you know, the Jets kind of skid there. I feel like he has been constantly one of the Jets players that has always been in the mix, uh, has always been at least playing hard. And, you know, it, it I feel like, I feel 
bad giving out like participation trophies for just guys who play hard but sometimes it's so frustrating the way the jets play that you can't you can't help but go at least this guy is uh, you know actually cares uh about what's going on and i feel like he uh you know for a long time was kind of snake bitten and then more just recently i feel like he's just been getting uh, a lot more luck uh than he used to be getting you know obviously it's he puts himself into a good position to score that goal, but he is lucky that the puck juts out to him, and you know Vasilevsky's <laughs> flying off to the side. But uh, but he but he you know he put himself in that position. You make your own luck. Uh, so I thought he had a fantastic game, and he, I, again I agree with you that he's had uh, a good string of games. Uh, you know in the past, um, you know a good little shout out to to uh, to Mason Appleton. I thought he had a fantastic game tonight too. Uh, he was, uh, you know, just kind of flying out there. Sometimes it's easy to get mesmerized by the speed, but again, he leads. He's the one who creates that goal uh, that that Morgan Barron scores there. And uh, all night, it just felt like he was kind of flying. He also gets the, uh, you know, he probably would have scored if he weren't hooked, but he draws the penalty that leads to the Jets' first power play goal. Uh, so yeah, so honestly, like great play tonight by the bottom six, and then uh, and then obviously, I know we already talked about him, but Dylan Sandberg looked fantastic and i feel like uh you know i'm only gonna mention this now because i didn't really uh, have a chance to <laughs> I, I i skipped over it but um you know i think that he's providing uh a new option in that bo- in that uh in the defensive system like i feel like him playing with uh with dylan DeMello tonight uh like they were as a pair uh you know 68 percent uh on their expected goals and you know and they were playing some pretty decent matchups here tonight as well too and uh, I feel like it is a little bit ridiculous that, you know, Logan Stanley has been in the lineup over Dylan Sandberg in the past, especially considering the whole, you know, the whole trade request thing. What were your what were your thoughts on that? I'm just curious what you think about Logan Stanley. Do you think he, Logan Stanley has any ground to stand on to request a trade? Uh, and what did you think about, you know, Chevy maybe not moving on from him quite yet? Yeah, I mean, the firstly, I just want to make a point in saying that Sandberg really should not be a rotation guy anymore mm-hmm. like as you said like he's he's shown that he should be in that top four and that top, or just even just like the the group just like you actually having you know the ability to just play without having to worry about oh i made you know one mistake and then that's it um he, he has earned the right to remain in the lineup and i think that's important to remember especially because early in the season there was, you know, the talk from, you know, the coaching staff that you had to earn your right to play. He's done that. And I still don't understand why he's the rotation guy still. Mm-hmm. In terms of Stanley, uh, personally, I, I feel as if he's played better in his limited action this year than what we've seen. But I still don't think he's got enough ground to say that he deserves more playing time. He's been beaten for the job, uh, you know, time and time again. And the only reason he's getting in there is either injuries or some questionable rotation decisions. And uh, ultimately, I think what needs to happen is I mean, they should have seen if there was a way to maximize the value right around the deadline. Might see something around the draft now, especially if uh, Sandberg ends up you know, getting more playtime. You don't see Stanley down the stretch at all. I think that you're looking now at a situation where uh, it might become more of a priority especially if you are confident that the rest of your defensive group can, you know, cover that that part sort of a little bit more reliably than he can. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I, I, I completely, completely agree. I feel like every time I ask you a question, you say something and I just go, 
I agree. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to think here. Like I'm not too sure where to go with this from here. I mean, tonight was a a very interesting game for the Jets. Um, where I see Rob uh, Rob Sutton in the chat saying Morrissey maybe on Tuesday. Uh, I'm not sure. It has any. I'm not sure if anything has come out specifically on a time uh, table for. Uh, Josh Morrissey, but uh, you know, barring any sort of change, I, I would expect pretty much a, a, the same lineup. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Like, I, I, I'm not too sure what even to ask you at this point. I feel like we've kind of talked about everything, but I, we we kind of glazed over the game uh, a bit. I mean, we just kind of mentioned that you know the Jets did pretty decently well uh, against the the Lightning. Um, sorry, it looked like you were about to say something there. Did I cut you off? <laughs> uh, no, it was just, I, I did see that. I mean, obviously Morrissey's day to day, which in hockey could mean we'll see him next week. But, mm-hmm. um, I know as well, there's talk that Dubois might join the team in right. Carolina. He was skating today. Um, so that's something to keep note of. It seems more likely that he just comes back in against Boston, um, when they return home, but uh, it's something to keep an eye on, especially against a team like Carolina. If you can get the reinforcements back, that will be uh, mm-hmm. very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, funny, funnily enough, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, have lost their past two games, getting shut out in both of them. Do you think that there's a possibility that the Jets could roll in and, get, and hand them their third shutout in a row? <laughs> uh, you know, I at this point... Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. It's just one of the, cause I, I can only assume that you're getting Hellebuck again. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to hope that, you know, he gives you a chance to, you know, keep in the game. Cause Carolina is a very notable uh, volume shooting team. They're going to put everything at the net possible. Um, but what they've also shown is they can give up a lot. So there's been, several games this season where they've like doubled the shots of their opponent and lost. So uh, you're, you're looking at a situation where you could come out with two points, even if you're giving up a lot of shots. But as you said earlier, like about tonight's game, the quality is what matters, right? So you can throw as much as you want from the point. If you're not getting the shots right and close necessarily, it doesn't matter as much. So uh, if they can manage to keep them a little bit out of the danger areas, I think they have a legitimate shot at finding a way to beat Carolina. That said, uh, I wouldn't necessarily uh, say that with uh, the utmost certainty because Carolina is, I honestly think they're somehow flying under the radar, I think just purely because of how good Boston has been. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not necessarily talked about, but I think they're sitting second in the East right now. So it's not necessarily a game that you can confidently say they can go in and find a way to win. Good teams win, and they have done a lot of that this season out in Raleigh. For sure. Um, from what uh, from what we're seeing here in chat, uh, Noah Lafort pipes in and says, Bones said earlier today that PLD won't be playing on, uh, on Tuesday. So I pretty much expect almost the exact same lineup. Um, uh, here, the, here's a little question. What is Stanley worth? Can you even get a fourth for him? What do you think on that? <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because there's a difference between what we might view him as and what the league might. He is a younger defenseman with a lot of size and has shown in, you know, in his junior days that there is some offense there. And you have to wonder if that fetches uh, like a, as you know, that was in there, a fourth 
maybe uh, it could be a situation of a prospect for prospect swap. Mm-hmm. Like I know Stanley's not really a prospect anymore, but young player for young player where you see certain teams looking to find new homes for guys who didn't necessarily work out as well. Um, so, you know, maybe you can fetch uh, a, 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 like an unproven talent to see if, you know, either even to help with, you know, the moose or maybe they have something that you they can offer you. Um, pick wise, I can't see it being any high but above a third or a fourth. Yeah. Just because he hasn't played a lot. He, there's been injuries. And normally when there's a trade request, it forces people to look a little bit deeper. And if they do look deeper, perhaps they don't see that value as much as maybe it looks like on the surface. For sure. Um, all right. Well, you know what? That's uh, that's pretty much a show here. I'll be honest with you. I think I think uh, I think we did pretty good here. Uh, I'm gonna lose you on Zoom right away, so that's why I'm wrapping up. Um, but you know what, uh, Brian? Why don't you plug everything you got going on? Let everyone know what you do and where they can find you. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'll start with uh, the podcast because it's you know it's a Jets podcast. Uh, me, uh, Connor Hrabchak, and Elliot Russenhold. Um, Connor's actually been on the show already as well uh, with mm-hmm. Liss. Uh, and uh, we have a, a weekly podcast we put out called the Level Flight Podcast. You can follow us on everything uh, at Level Flight WPG. Um, you know, we just put out a new episode a few days back. Going to be recording at some point early this week uh, with a guest. So uh, that'll be fun. Can't say who yet. Well, you have to stay tuned. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, we, uh, we you know, talk about all things sort of Jets related. Have some, you know, fun. Have, bring some guests on. Uh, try to keep it, you know, relatively, uh, you know, ability to listen in a short amount of time too. So, uh, now that we're past the deadline, we're going to try and keep it, you know, a little bit shorter now too. So you can listen on your way to work, on your way to school, whatever. Um, and then personally, uh, I write for the hockey writers. Uh, we mentioned the Kraken obviously, but <laughs> you're not here for the Kraken. You're here for the jets. Uh, so I put out uh, usually an article or two per week. So you can keep an eye on that, uh, on my Twitter at YWG Brian, um but yeah that's uh that's really what's going on for me right now awesome and thank you so 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 much for coming on here tonight uh the jets will be as we said in uh carolina on tuesday you know continuing their push for the playoffs it should be a fun one make sure to uh if you're here still please like the stream uh follow brian on uh, on twitter and follow their podcast uh at level flight wpg is that correct right that is correct. Perfect. And uh, follow myself at NHL Chunky. Follow at SDPN Sports. Follow at Liz Hood. And, uh, and yeah, thank you all for, tu- for tuning in. This was a fun one. Uh, thanks again, Con- uh, not Connor. Jeez. I read, I read <laughs> Connor's name. In, I'm sorry. I read Connor's name in the chat. Thank you so much, Brian, for, for coming on here tonight. Uh, and I hope you guys all have yourselves a wonderful week. Thank you all for tuning in. Canada Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.